Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin, joined by uh, a cattail. Nope, never mind. Uh, and also, of course, uh, a more important guest today, we have Harley. Is it Duggan or Dugan? Uh, it is Dugan. It is Dugan. Okay, that was my instinct, but I, I should I should just stick with my instincts with these things. But guys, he is Harley Dugan of the lead. Uh, he is at the lead underscore Houston on the Twitter slash X slash whatever the heck we're calling it these days. Uh, I know you also are the host of the Believe in Texans podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Harley, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate appreciate you reaching out and uh, can't wait to talk some Texans Falcons with you. Yeah, a much more spicy matchup, I think, than uh, people were originally anticipating uh, on both sides of this equation. So we'll definitely get Harley's take on sort of the uh, the Texans' revitalization uh, here <laughs> to to start the the going into Week Five. Before we do, want to get you guys a quick word from our sponsor, BetOnline.ag, folks. Football is back, and BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. You can get the Latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds from Week One all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl. Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. No matter what you want to bet on, guys, you know, I, I personally have a rule that I don't bet on my own team because then, you know, your heart gets into it. You can't make good yep. decisions when your heart's involved. Uh, so, you know, my my suggestion would probably and I, I don't really like to spread in this game either because, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't trust the Falcons, uh, but I whenever I think the Falcons are totally out of a game, they usually do something weird. So I would probably avoid this one. I, I, I think Vegas is, is going to make too much money off this game. But no matter what you guys <laughs> want to do. BetOnline.ag is the website. Head to that website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Just remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Harley. Well, both these teams 2-2 two and two at this point. This is exactly where I was expecting the Falcons to be, although I was hopeful that it wouldn't be quite as ugly over the last two weeks. But for the Texans, I don't, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't have predicted them to be 0-4 or anything like that, but... The last two weeks have been very impressive, and this team is definitely uh, seeming to find its footing a lot earlier than I think many outsiders were expecting. But from an insider's perspective on your team, how how are you feeling uh, four weeks into this season? It is exactly what my face is. It is just ear to ear. The smiles have not stopped within the city of Houston. It is fantastic to be a Houston Texans fan, to put it quite simply. It's just so much elation and joy to finally have a franchise here with the Texans that feels like they could actually contend, and not just for this year, but for many years going forward. And that all starts at the quarterback position with the just the absolute emergence of C.J. Stroud. He just got off with Pat McAfee right now. I mean – the national love for the Houston Texans. I don't know how to receive it. <laughs> I'm not used to it. I'm used to bad things or just you play good, but then boom, something bad really happens and you start, you know, getting 
getting talked bad upon and we're on national media. No one really takes you serious. You're just that good team, but never a great team, you know, and it's been very gloomy yeah. around the Texans, but now with D'Amico Ryans and, and then hiring D'Amico Ryans, I was like, Pressing, pressing the F5, pressing the refresh button on this Texans organization. And it certainly helps when you find yourself a quarterback. Um, but, man, it is just – it has been so much fun here inside Houston, man. It's so much fun. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Like we were talking before the show, I think us a, a struggling – tortured fan bases we have to band together you know we gotta we gotta we gotta lift each other up when we're when we're struggling and we gotta celebrate when we're doing good we're gonna i'm gonna save the texan celebration for after this game you know so you know right we have to be you know opponents for this week but after that you know best of luck to you guys obviously but um yeah i mean i think the texans are are way further along than anyone thought and i and i mean i i, I like the draft i I think, you know, the moves they made at the top were a little bit, not the Stroud move, but the the trade up to get Will Anderson a little bit. Uh, draft Knicks didn't love it, you know, for the value and all this, but both those guys seem to be big time contributors, but particularly CJ Stroud, who, I mean, at this point has had the best start to his career since Joe Burrow. And then before that, I mean, I don't even know. So uh, what is, what has it been? I mean, has it been all Stroud? Has it been a mix of the scheme? I mean, I, I know you guys have been dealing with a ton of offensive line injuries too. So it seems like he's just been able to sort of navigate this minefield almost perfectly through the first four weeks. Yeah. This goes credit to the, to the coaching staff, man. Uh, I was huge on Bobby Slowick uh, whenever the rumor was potential coaches coming along and D'Amico Ryan's. I did a list of coaches and maybe their potential coaching staff attached to it. Guys that had any sort of connection with D'Amico, I had it on there and I posted it on Twitter. And one of the guys I was just glued to was Bobby Slowick. He started all the way with the Washington um, football team or Redskins all the way <laughs> Whatever back it was, then. yeah, it's changed and, so many you know, times. Yeah. It was the Washington Redskins, and then they, they had Mike Shanahan at the time of RG3. Bobby Slowick was just a video guy. He was just a guy who was a video coordinator, and that was it. And then, but being under Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, and then we saw the rest of that coaching staff. Sean McVay was also there at one point later. So, uh, and there was some other person I can't think of off the top of my head, but there was one more. But Bobby Slowick became video guy, PFF for many years. He worked within the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he is the guy that is making this work as much as it is CJ Stroud as well, too. Like he's also got to, you know, make it translate onto the field. But Bobby Slowick, I mean, his schemes, I it's just reminiscent of good Texans offense when we had Gary Kubiak. And, you know, both of those both of their languages are similar you know, because they both stem from that same tree. I, I like to call here in Houston. Well, I think we like to call it the Gary Kubiak tree. I like to give him his flowers yeah, a little yeah. bit more. Um, but I love Bobby Sloick. I love what he's been doing, the schematics, extra blockers in the Steelers game. You had John Mechie, John Mechie, a guy that just went through leukemia last year and going from the draft with the torn ACL and he had John Mechie this last week blocking T.J. Watt. And that just tells you, A, the players are sold with this coach in D'Amico Ryans because that just takes someone that is sold. B, that is just 
I would have never thought about doing well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, but John Mechie stands him up. There's multiple video of him just standing up and blocking TJ Watt. He's got Andrew Beck in motion and hikes the ball as soon as he's in motion so he can have a, a good little head start, you can say, to block, you know, and that head start, that is just helps just a little bit more, especially when we got an offensive line. Like you said, it's it's patched up, man. This isn't this isn't our starting offensive line. Hell, it's barely our backup offensive line. We got guys that we traded from the Steelers and Kendrick Green. Sad that he tore his meniscus. He's going to be out for the rest of the year. Um, but he did amazing in the Steelers game. This offensive line, the co- combination of C.J. Stroud, Bobby Sloick, it has just been fun to watch. Again, fantastic to be a fan. Yeah, no, I'm, it's an exciting group. And again, it's a young quarterback on a rookie contract. It's it's set up well, I think, for the future too. And it just, this this year, it seems like all of a sudden there's maybe even an opportunity because the AFC South is nowhere near. It's not shaken out like anyone expected, obviously, with the, the Colts are sort of in a very similar spot to the Texans, I would say, that they've got an interesting young quarterback, but it's no one really knows how long, you know, is it going to take time? all that sort of stuff. And then the Jaguars have scuffled. I mean, they beat up on our Falcons uh, last week, but <laughs> the, the Jaguars have not gotten out to, I think, the dominant start that most were expecting. And the Titans are just, again, this sort of this team that nobody really knows what to expect week to week. So the division's open. I mean, and the, the NFC and AFC South are kind of similar in that way where there's not really a clear favorite. It's it's there for the taking. And I think the Texans, obviously, if they keep playing like this. They'll be the favorite before long in this division. So, Let's check on the injury report real quick. We're recording this Thursday afternoon, so we haven't gotten a full report on Thursday yet. But I know there's been some buzz that the Texans might be able to get multiple offensive linemen back this week. It seems like it's still a little bit up in the air in terms of if they'll be ready to play or if they're just returning to practice. But I know Laramie Tunsil is one, and then Titus Howard is another. What do you think about their potential availability this week? Do you expect them to play, or is it more of a questionable tag? Um, I am expecting... I expect Titus Howard to play. I do. Laramie Tunsil, I I want my mind is saying go ahead and say expect him to play, um, which I I will. Um, but there is some slight worry still with his knee. Uh, he's just had some some knee soreness. Uh, you know, worst case scenario, uh, just a few weeks back was that maybe he had to drain his knee or arthroscopic. You know, and that would have been really bad. But you know, he has made a lot of progress, um, but I would say I would lean on to saying that he is going to be playing this week along with Titus Howard. OK, gotcha. So it seems like Howard pretty confident. Yes. Larry Tunsil, maybe 60 percent confident, you know, yeah. <laughs> slight, slightly more yeah. than than average. Well, we'll yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll call it that. That's that's close. I mean, we haven't seen Thursday's report yet, so that would probably give more clarity, too. So do do watch the report, folks, on that. But, um, yeah, the Falcon side, uh, we did lose linebacker Troy Anderson for the season last week. But other than that, Falcons coming into this one with a clean bill of health. Um, so really, it's just about the matchups in this one, because thankfully, it looks like injuries won't be a major player in this game. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any concern that Damian Pierce is going to miss this one, right? No, he he was a full go at practice from what I heard, and I saw multiple people say he looked just fine. Okay, good. But, you know, I'm interested for fantasy reasons as well as just Damian Pierce's fun. Right. Uh, it's true, yeah. it's true. Yeah, yeah. After I watched him at the Senior Bowl trucking everybody, he's been on my fantasy teams ever since, you know, <laughs> out of respect for that performance. But, um, yeah, let's let's get into this matchup because I think 
if you look looking at the pro football reference stats and things like that, these were two defenses that I think most people thought were not going to be good, like that they were not going to be ready to go at least early on um, because for the Texans because of lack of perceived lack of talent for the Falcons because just no one could believe that the Falcons defense would ever possibly be good. Um, but both of these defenses actually look remarkably similar in terms of their stats, um, where I think the Falcons are 10th in scoring, the Texans are 11th, uh, both are allowing about the 7th, 8th sort of uh, total yardage numbers, yards per play. The one difference seems to be that the Falcons run defense is a little bit better um, than the Texans, but not a huge gap. Um, so both these defenses better than expected. Uh, in terms of the offenses, obviously these are two offenses that are going in different direction uh, with the Texans sort of having some struggles early, but really coming on strong the past two weeks and the Falcons doing pretty well the first two weeks and then scoring single digits the past two weeks. So teams going in a little bit of different directions here, uh, but the Falcons are coming back home where Desmond Ritter remains undefeated at home. It's 4-0 at home, 0-4 on the road. So maybe this is just going to be a Jekyll and Hyde sort of situation for a while, but Let's start with the Falcons offense versus the Texans defense. Falcons, they got all the weapons. They've got a great running back duo. And the offensive line is starting to to calm down after a pretty bad uh, week three against the Lions. But they're not getting the ball to said weapons. Desmond Ritter, after a decent start, I would say, in the first two games, especially with that 12-point fourth quarter comeback against the Packers, where that was the best he's looked in his entire career. We took a nosedive in week three, and then week four was even worse. Um, so the Falcons passing game, very concerning. How has the Texans' pass defense been holding up so far, and, and what do you think about that matchup? It's been amazing, actually. Uh, I know we did lose Derek Stingley. He, they put him on the IR, so he's going to be gone for four weeks. He won't be able to play this week as well. So uh, with Steven Nelson, uh, he's been the best. Even when Derek Stingley was there at training camp, Steven Nelson showed to be the best cornerback in the secondary for someone that was a, just a pickup last year, two years ago, excuse me, uh, you know, to someone that got extended for another year. He has been tremendous. The last two weeks, he has really even stepped up his game even further, made a beautiful play against the Steelers where he, he was just saw ball, go get ball basically. And he's playing a zone. It was a cover zone six, and he's, I mean, one-on-one, -on -one, I forgot who the receiver was, but basically he's got the zone deep and Penny Pickett flings it. And a better pass maybe does either A, gets deflected, or B, can make a really good catch with it. But Steven Nelson just watches that ball. And soon before the ball's even thrown, he knows, takes off, goes and gets it. He's been amazing. The biggest thing for us is we had a struggle against the Ravens uh defensively well you didn't have one of your safeties and one of them being jimmy ward okay then jalen petrie leaves the first the second half of the game because of a bruised lung he got need in the chest and the defense in the second half from the ravens game did not look anything like the defense in the first half the colts game you didn't have both of your safeties and that was our worst game all year defensively especially really really bad just to put it simple it was bad <laughs> Then week three, you get one of them back again in Jimmy Ward, plays the whole game, and the defense was absolutely awesome against the Jaguars. Now you got both of them back against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a game that, you know, we all 
I think every NFL, generic NFL fan respects the Steelers organization. I don't think that's breaking news. <laughs> Everyone knows that you play the Steelers, you get a win. Like, that's that's huge. That's a statement, you know, because they have that kind of respect. Both safeties play, your defense holds them to six points. I mean, now you're going to have both safeties play again. Both of them are healthy. I am very confident in our secondary and what they can do. Tavier Thomas is also going to be returning from a broken hand. He had surgery on his broken hand, and now he's returning. He's only been out for like two, three weeks. I mean, that's remarkable. I, I would thought would have thought he would have been out a little bit longer. Uh, he played very well in the nickel. That's he's he's our nickel cornerback. So I expect him to be slotted back in there. I saw Jimmy Ward play some nickel. Even though he doesn't want to play nickel, he wants to be specifically a safety. I did see him line up many times in the nickel against the Steelers. Well, Tavier Thomas back, expect him back at safety. And business as usual, the secondary should be doing their thing. And to me, it's been the strength of this Texans defense from training camp to now. Yeah, yeah. I know Tavier Thomas has been playing awesome. Obviously, Steven Nelson, a really nice surprise. Uh yeah. If there is a vulnerability in that pass defense, what, what would you say it is? Is it the pass rush? Is it maybe whoever's going to be starting in Derek Stingley's place? It, it looks like PFF's thinking it'll be Shaquille Griffin. But um, what do you, what is your opinion on that, where maybe a spot that the Falcons could look to attack? I could definitely see it being Shaquille Griffin. Um, I'm not – I wouldn't – he had a good, a good performance against the Steelers. Um, he, he's been okay since we signed him. He's been a solid signing. I'm glad we signed him uh, just because veteran depth reasons. And he wanted to come here because of the scheme. He says he knew the scheme. So that was very helpful. Um, he's been okay to solid. Um, but I could see something being that, um, I would say the, the pressure up front at times, uh, can be inconsistent and that more so being, I think a lot of teams are, seeing okay we can highlight will anderson we're gonna double team him. we're gonna chip him we're gonna throw something at him we're not gonna have him wreck the game now we did see jonathan grenard just have two sacks against the steelers um the week before he it was a little bit of sure you know we, we did win the game and defensively we played well but you know jonathan grenard was someone that you were trying to look for um the linebackers as well i think are vulnerable it's tough to say that because henry t henry to has been playing amazing since he's he's basically the starter now i mean and he has been playing amazing but i would say that it is still vulnerable because he's a rookie you know so mistakes are going to happen a learning curve is going to happen christian harris is an in and out guy he can come in on run plays can come in on a few pass plays as well um, the defense overall is is solid, but I think the way to attack this Texans defense, you know, it has to be quick passes, another extension of the run game. Make sure that, you know, you're getting inside the numbers. The run defense specifically for this Texans team, it just hasn't been that good. And there's a lot of lack of depth in time inside the interior defensive line. Sure, Sheldon Rankins is solid, but Malik Collins, uh, he's more noted for his pass rush ability than his run stop. So after that, Hassan Ridgeway is still on IR, and he was huge for us week one against the Ravens. He's been on IR since that game. Uh, so we're not going to have him. 
Kurt Heinisch is still there. Heinisch is just another backup interior D-line. I think he's a very easily replaceable guy. That's no disrespect to him. Um, but Yeah, in the context of the NFL, you know, specifically. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, because Najee Harris, in the second half, you notice, if anybody was watching, the Steelers' run game started taking over a bit. And they started really pounding the ball with Najee Harris. And I was there at the game, and I'm watching this, and they take him off on a third down. And Najee Harris gets upset, like really upset on the sideline. They put in Jalen Warren, who also had some success against us, and we stuff him, and they make it fourth down. And Najee Harris just blows up even some more. So the run defense is is still a little bit of a problem for this Texans team, but we like to not show that too much against teams. We like to not say that too much. (laughs) We want to keep that quiet, yeah. Well, that that could be a – significant issue this week because the Falcons have not proven they can throw the ball, but they have proven they could run the ball. They put up over 200 yards against the Packers. I think it was over 150 against the Jaguars last week. Uh, and both of, and Packers definitely don't have a great run defense, but the Jaguars coming in, I think had a top 10 run defense. So how, how big is the concern level there going up against this Falcons team that you, we know is probably going to focus on running the ball as much as possible with their, their, their new toy uh, at B. John Robinson, who basically has had to be the offense uh, with Desmond Ritter struggling. Yeah, B. John, I, I always thought that was just felt like a no-brainer considering the coach y'all had, considering what he did in Tennessee. Um, so, you know, with a lot of running, <laughs> a lot of running in Tennessee. So, you know, I expected, man, it just felt like B. John's going to Atlanta. Yeah. It was whether or not, is he going to fall there? You know, is the team going to get enamored with the tools he has? And he is everything and everything else as advertised. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's going to be a handful. He definitely is. Uh, Jalen Petrie was just on 610, one of our local uh, Houston sports radio shows that they're the flagship, flagship station of the Texans. And Jalen Petrie is <laughs> – he is just a film nerd. And if anybody doesn't know Jalen Petrie, he's the safety for the Texans. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, he is on path for me to become a future pro bowler and even an all pro, I believe, at some point in his career. He is really, really good. And it's only his second year in the league. But he's he's a film nerd. And he was he told them he's been watching film on B. John Robinson going all the way back to his Texas playing days and even playing some of his high school film. And it's like. Okay, so they know what the task is at hand. They know if they can somehow – it's not about stopping. You know, a lot of teams, a lot of fans are like, oh, we got to stop the running game. Well, there isn't – it's going to be extremely tough to stop B. John Robinson. It's more so about containing him, making sure he doesn't continue to break those – you know, you don't want a six, seven, get him on a roll kind of runs. You don't want that. You contain him – and force Desmond Ritter to become that passer. And we've seen it. Uh, it hasn't been very successful for Falcons fans. So, you know, regardless of the numerous amount of weapons, you know, that's what you want to do if you're the Texans defense. That's what you want to do if you're D'Amico Ryans. Contain, contain, contain B. John as much as you can. Don't let him get going. Once he does, it's tough to stop him. So contain him as much as you can. Make Desmond Ritter become the passer he isn't. We can move forward and maybe the Texans can get that done. Yeah, yeah. I think the key to this game is 
can the Falcons running game take over? Because when they can do that, they've been very successful yeah. offensively, but it's, it's dicey because it takes, it's, you have to, you basically have to be perfect or close to perfect to string together drives with nothing but the run game. Uh, mm. They're, they're not a team that's really been able to get out from behind bad down and distance and overcoming penalties and things like that. So definitely this is going to be a, a big test for the Texans run defense. We'll see, uh, if they can rise to the challenge or if, or if Bijan uh, has a, it's not a Texas homecoming because the game's in Atlanta, but you know, there's a little taste of Texas here. So maybe yeah. he gets a little, little uh, home spirit there for, for this one, but let's move over to the other side of the ball where the Texans, I think again, much better than people thought CJ Stroud by far the best rookie quarterback in that receiving core, uh, especially Nico Collins, I think got a really bad rap because of who he was, who was thrown in the ball and very familiar, I think to, to the Falcons where, I think when the Falcons get a maybe maybe a better quarterback in here, we'll start to be like, oh wow, maybe Kyle Pitts actually is good. You're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nico Collins, second round pick, you know, maybe he actually is good. Maybe he was good this whole time. But um the Falcons defense, on the other hand, has been very good, um, especially against the pass. And this is probably gonna be one of those marquee matchups. How do you feel about this this Texans offense, especially particularly the passing game, and how they'll be able to go up against this Falcons pass defense? who have been pretty pretty stout so far with A.J. Terrell. They've got Jeff Akuda back now. And, of course, the best safety in the NFL through four weeks, Jesse Bates. Oof, man. That was a huge signing for y'all. Y'all had a lot of good signings this free agency with y'all's defense. I was kind of like, man, this, this is a uh, underrated defense right here going into the start of the NFL season. You know, so uh, with that being said, Nico Collins has been amazing. Um, a lot of Texans fans, this is not me, but there was a lot of Texans fans with the overreactions to Nico Collins. Some people up to the point of they just wanted to cut him, you know, and that's just not what I wanted to do. I just I saw a receiver that has intangibles. He's six three, six four, runs like a deer, can make those high point catches, you know, and I thought the biggest thing was CJ Stroud was at the podium. Uh, just I want to say a week ago or might have been before the Steelers game and uh, which yeah would have been a week ago and um, he said it like he was talking about Nico Collins they had asked him what is up with his emergence this year and he said man he watched a lot of film on Nico Collins and said that Nico Collins was wide open last year many times you know whether or not that's a that's a shot at Davis Mills (laughs) uh, I I mean maybe a little bit maybe a little bit yeah you know, maybe a little bit. We'll just chalk that one up to the board. But <laughs> C.J. Stroud noticed that Nico Collins can get open and the ball wasn't thrown his way. So, okay, I'm going to make it more prevalent that, yeah, he is all everything he was advertising why we traded up for him. So and you gave up some solid draft assets to get him too. So C.J. Stroud has made him look really good. And going up against A.J. Terrell, really good cornerback. I do wonder how much is Nico going to get play into this game. I'm looking more at your Dalton Schultz, and specifically a Robert Woods, and more specifically, much my favorite guy, my Houston bias kicks in, and it's Tank Dell. That that's the guy that I'm looking at a lot for this game. I've I've wondering, okay, what's going to happen? I see AJ Terrell. Okay, Jeff Okuda's back. Sure, not too bad. Robert Woods, veteran. He's been Robert Woods has been that guy that you need a third and three. 
Robert Woods is going to get you four yards. You know, you need a third and seven. Robert Woods is going to get you eight yards. And he might only have four catches in the game, five catches. But, damn it, those catches are going to be clutch. They're going to move the chains. And he is just – when he when you need him, he is there. So, Tank Dell, to me, had a big game against the Jaguars. Real quiet against the Steelers. little jet sweep action. Never seen that in the Texans' history. <laughs> jet sweep, motion. I was ecstatic. Tank Dell – I think is someone that I'm going to highlight for this Texans offense that maybe could have a big game against the Falcons. Yeah. I mean, it, and you know, this will be Jeff Akuta's second game back and even last game. Well, I guess technically his third game, but the first game he barely played then last week, he played most of the game. So he'll probably be getting the entire load this week played really well against the Jaguars and, and really limited the damage of the, of Christian Kirk, well, not Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk in the slot. So would have been more of, uh, you know, pretty much shutting down whoever was not, uh, whoever was not Calvin Ridley, which of course, without Zay Jones out there, not exactly uh, the toughest test. So we're going to, he's going to be tested this week by Tank Dell, another senior bowl hero, uh, Tank Dell. So, hey, Texans, Texans liking my senior bowl guys. Uh, I'm into that for sure. So yeah, that'll, that'll be an interesting test. I do wonder about the Falcons pass rush on the outside has been mediocre average, but their interior pass rush is by far the best part of the team. Uh, and I know you're getting, I think you said someone ended up on IR, unfortunately at guard, mm-hmm. but maybe Titus Howard is able to slot into that left guard spot. But how is that interior going to be able to hold up against uh, the Falcons duo of uh, Grady Jarrett and David Onyemata, who's been one of the most productive uh, tandems in the NFL so far? Yeah, so um, basically practice practice for the Texans. They're starting offensive line going out to practice. Laramie Tunsil, a left tackle. Titus Howard, a left guard. Uh, Patterson, the rookie from Notre Dame, at center. Right guard, Shaq Mason. Right tackle, George Fant. So to me, that's a precursor as to that's going to be your starting offensive line for Sunday. They asked Bobby Slowick about it. He was at the podium. And he said, hey, we're trying to get the best five guys on the offensive line. Look, um, I am going to entrust myself mentally to trust this. I am not really sold on Titus Howard at left guard. And that's maybe because I've seen it where uh, he had a bad offensive line coach. And it was like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole with him at guard and have Marcus Cannon at the time that we traded for at right tackle and it was that was just not good Titus Howard didn't play well at left guard he got better in some games and it was inconsistent um you're looking at a guy that's 6'5 330 almost and think about that height weight and trying to pull the guard and I mean <laughs> yeah, that's I, a big man he was you always know, I ta- he was always a tackle I thought coming out I, I was surprised yes. that he was getting moved into guard so much See, he's a team player. He's a guy that just wants to go out there and he's going to do whatever the team asks him. And credit to him. I appreciate it, you know. Um, but I am going to entrust myself. I have the fans telling me, hey, this is a new coaching staff. This is a new offensive line coach. And Chris Strausser, who was the O-lines coach at the Colts, longtime O-lines coach with Washington Huskies, and Chris Peterson. So, and he's had a lot of success in his career. Um, so, I am going to entrust in them. 
That is something I haven't done as a Texans <laughs> fan many times. New I trusted yeah. them last week in the decision that Austin Deculus is going to be left tackle instead of Garon Christian, who was with the Texans before. They picked him up last minute almost, uh, had a few days to practice. I thought, okay, cool, Christian knows – this organization, I thought, oh, okay, he could be the starter left tackle. No, we're going to go with Austin Deculus. Austin Deculus was not good at all, to put it quite simple. I saw him many times at training camp, and Will Anderson ate his lunch and put him on his butt many, many times in training camp. So I was hesitant. And then you go out against the best pass rushing defense in the NFL and zero sacks. So I go, okay, you know what? I don't get paid to do this. I'm going to trust them to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to trust Bobby Slowick that he is right and he is putting out the best five guys against a good interior defense. We struggled with that against the Colts. Grover Stewart ate up uh, Jarrett Patterson, just ate him up. I mean, it was not fair. Now, Jarrett Patterson has played well. Okay, he's improved. He played really good against the Steelers last week. Um, but again, this is still a six round rookie. You know, we were expecting Juice Scruggs to come back this week. He was a third round rookie from us from Penn State. Uh, they loved him coming out of college. They say he's a really good scheme fit for them. Athletic center, zone blocking. So, hey, that fits exactly what they're looking for. Um, but Patterson, the interior is still something I am going to worry about because I did see him have a awful game against the Colts with Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner. That That's a tall yeah. task. Yeah, that's probably the spot I'd look to target if I was the Falcons is that interior that's just had to shuffle a lot due to injury, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, Juice Gruggs, I mean, first round name grade. Uh, I mean, that's mm. I don't know if I can mm-hmm. think of a more elite offensive line name. Uh, so <laughs> it's top notch. But um, let's talk about the Texans running game real quick, just because, like I said, big Damian Pierce fan, big Damian Pierce fantasy owner. I'm hopeful that the, the production will come now that the, the offensive line maybe is going to start stabilizing a little bit, but it hasn't been overly productive for the Texans in terms of total yardage. It, it seems like it's been functional. It's not really held the offense back, but not really been a strength at this point. The Falcons, on the other hand, started off allowing 150 rushing yards to the Panthers, but since then, they've been shutting down opposing running games, including uh, other than the quarterback run. They, they've been letting the quarterback run a little bit, but that's, that's not something C.J. Stroud does a ton. Not really something he was known for in college. Um, but how, how do you feel about this this run game, and do you think that's something that the team is going to try to lean on more going forward? Uh, well, you'd hope so, uh, just because it felt like the Texans could have passed whenever they wanted last week against the Steelers. But they still continued to run the football and keep an honest offense, and they were successful at it. Damian Pierce actually had a really good game against the Steelers last week, so – Yeah, when I go down to the nitty-gritty of this offense, and I think of Gary Kubiak and I think of the Shanahan schemes, this is a run-heavy offense. You know, D'Amico Ryans had mentioned it, you know, before the season during training camp that, you know, we're going to run the football. You know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to run the football, and it's going to set up our pass game. And that's something that Gary Kubiak did here with the Texans. Run the football with Aaron Foster, play action bootleg with Matt Schaub, look for a deep pass in Andre Johnson or go to the safety valve in Owen Daniels. And you're seeing that to an extension, but it's Bobby Slowick's new just crazy offense. That's like, Oh, okay, sure. We're going to run the ball as much as we can, but 
huh, who does a single back with no running backs in the backfield? It's just like, okay, we're going to go under center with no running backs in the backfield. And yeah, sure, that's an old school kind of play, but it is working because a lot of defenses are going, huh, hadn't seen that in a long time. You know, so uh, Bobby Slowick is doing that and then adding the little wrinkle of some modern offense to it, you know, whether it be just a boom, hike it, quick three, you know, out to Nico Collins or whoever. Um, But Damian Pierce, I expect him to get on track soon. He's too good of a running back. I know he had, you know, under a thousand his rookie year, but he was hurt to finish the year. Uh, didn't play in the rest of those games. To me, if he does, he becomes the rookie rushing yards leader there. So uh, I do expect him to have a solid game. And let's not forget about Devin Singletary, who's also played well for the Texans. He's had some spurts here and there, and in some cases has hit the hole a little bit faster than Damian Pierce. I will say, you know, the offensive line, there's so much shuffling going along. So I can't give him any any fleek or anything against him for, you know, the poor performances week one, week two, I expect him to get better. Week three was a great offensive line performance. I mean, week four, excuse me, great offensive line performance. He had a great game. I hope it continues, you know, but, you know, I, I, again, I think of that interior of the Falcons defense and I'm starting to get those flashbacks of the Colts and it just, (laughs) I mean, there was holes for Damian Pierce and it was swallowed up by Grover Stewart immediately. Cause he blows up the play DeForest Buckner blows up the play. And it's like, damn man, like the hole is there. It's just trying to just a few more seconds for him to get there. We saw it in the Steelers game. I'm hopeful for him. I really am. I think, I think he is going to continue though to get back on track and continue a really solid season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not concerned about Pierce. We know that, we know what to expect from him, and I think he'll continue to to heat up, especially once the the offensive line gets settled. But may, maybe not this week. You know, my fantasy team might have to take a hit this week. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, yeah. If I'm the Falcons, you know, uh, that's what I'm doing is is trying to focus on shutting down the run um, and trying to win on the inside. And you know, the Falcons, they, their sec, their defensive scheme is completely different than when, than it was under DNPs, where they're going to play a lot of man, they're going to play a lot of mm-hmm. press, they're going to play very close and tight, and they're going and and that'll that has tested a lot of teams that want to play the quick game because of of the Falcons really not giving any cushion or any separation off the line of scrimmage. So I'm I'm interested to see how that shakes out, um, because I think this is this is an offense that has tried to emphasize the quick game because of the aforementioned offensive line issue. So I wonder if we'll see the Texans with maybe the line healthier, try to push things a little bit more uh, this week, but it's up to the Falcons to counter that, whatever, whatever happens, obviously. So uh, definitely an interesting matchup on both sides. And it's really two teams going in completely different directions. Guys, before we get our final predictions for this game, want to bring you a quick word from our other sponsor today, prize picks. So let me give you guys my prize picks real quick. Folks, welcome back to week five of our prize pick segment here on the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. Once again, thanks to Prize Picks for sponsoring today's show. Quick refresher for those that are joining us for the first time here. Prize Picks is a skill-based daily fantasy game where you pick two to six players and decide if they will go more or less than their prize picks 
picks projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win all the way up to 25 times your money on any entry. And at prize picks, you aren't competing against other players. It's just you versus the projections. PrizePix also has a generous promotion schedule, so be sure to check in throughout the week because it's not just NFL, it's NBA when that starts up, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, whatever you whatever you want, so much more. It's all on there. The best part is PrizePix entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and they offer fast withdrawals. It's that easy, guys. Uh, all first-time users will get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just use our promotional code DBB for Dirty Birds and Brews, right? That means if you deposit $100, prize picks will match and give you another $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. Just make sure to use that promo code DBB. And because prize picks is daily fantasy, guys, it's available in 31 states, including Washington, D.C., and most of Canada. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like California, Florida, Texas, Georgia, notably, and over 70% of the U.S. So, folks, let's get right to this week's picks. You know, Bijan receiving over, uh, wasn't uh, receiving more than number, I should say, uh, was not available when I looked. So so maybe they're, they're onto us a little bit. Uh, that that, that Bijan receiving more than has been basically hitting every single week. Uh, definitely check back because I placed this on Thursday. So it's possible it, they do add stuff like throughout the week. So that, that if the Bijan receiving one is there, I would go with that one. But uh, Houston, not a great run defense. They've struggled against the run and the Falcons have basically been giving all of the work or most of, I mean, the vast majority of the work to Bijan Robinson on the ground. His uh, rushing number is 79 and a half. And I think he will go more than that. They're going to continue to lean on him as the primary driver of this offense. Uh, we're going to go back to Youngway Koo this week with the six and a half, more than six and a half kicking points. Again, I, I think this is in a weird way. It's going to be a, a kind of a bounce back game for this Falcons offense going up against a Texans defense. That's pretty good, but I think that the Falcons match up really well against them. Sort of the opposite of the Jaguars where the Jaguars were the, much better at stopping the run. The Texans have struggled there. So I, I think the Falcons are going to find a way to at least get some field goals on the board. <laughs> so young way should be able to, to eclipse that six and a half kicking fantasy points number. And then we're, we're going to the dreaded saints, but look, Alvin Kamara last week, he had 14 targets and 13 catches. Now he only had 33 yards on those ridiculous number of targets and catches. But what that tells you is that Alvin Kamara is one of, if not the top target in their passing game at this stage, or at least the one they feel like they can get the ball to as quickly as possible. So 24 and a half receiving yards, not a lot to ask for a guy that's getting that kind of target share, even if they're dump off sort of targets. So I feel pretty good about that one as well. Uh, so I'm rolling with these three guys this week, guys, uh, but feel free to mix and match. Use some of these, use your own, use mine, whatever you like. Uh, good luck to you this week. And just remember, if you're signing up for the first time, use that code DBB to get that 100 deposit match or 100% deposit match up to $100 at Prize Picks. Once again, thanks to Prize Picks for sponsoring today's show. All right, guys, we're back with Harley Dugan for our final predictions for this Falcons versus Texans matchup in week five. Harley, uh, two, like I said before the break, two teams going in very different directions, but the Falcons are back home now where they've had their most offensive success so far. What What's your prediction for Sunday's game? Oh man, um, I am going to I am going to chug the Kool Aid some more. Uh, this it's it's never the Kool Aid's never in the fridge for the Texans. <laughs> you got to do finally, it while you can. Yeah, some someone made this Kool Aid and it is fantastic. We've had some sour, nasty, whatever it was <laughs> in the fridge the few past years. It's great to finally have some fresh 
pitcher of Kool-Aid. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna chug this as much as I can. I'm gonna say 24-13 Texans. I do think this offense is just gonna continue doing what they've been doing. Uh, this would be they're coming off two games where they scored 30 points plus 37 against the Jaguars, 30 against the Steelers. I wanted that 37 so bad. I really wanted that Will Anderson scoop and score on JJ Day. You know, uh, and so, you know, I, I am excited about this game. I am excited for my Texans. They're getting all this national media love. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to receive it, but I am just going to let it just rain on me and I'm going to be happy and I'm going to drink and have a great time on <laughs> yeah. Sunday. And I do expect a good Texans win on the road. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at where these teams are coming into this game, if I was a neutral NFL fan, I would not pick the Falcons uh, under any <laughs> circumstances. Uh, I would not touch this team with a 10-foot pole. Um, the defense has been very good, and I think I think your your point total is probably about right. Um, I think the Falcons can can keep this game from getting out of hand on the scoreboard, but it just depends on if the offense shows up or not. Um, the run game is going to show up, so there's always the chance that just Bijan takes things over. Um but it, it this, the vibes are terrible around the, the Falcons and they're great around the Texans. And this is usually when weird stuff happens to this team and they just happen. They just pull a game out of their butt. Um, so, so that I, I'm going to go against my, my intellectual judgment and actually, well, my heart judgment, which is that I, I don't trust this team at, at all. Uh, and actually say that I think the Falcons squeak this one out. Um, just to confuse the NFL as much as possible, just just because, um, you know, I think in, I wrote a predictions piece about it that I thought this would be like a bounce back game for the Falcons and maybe a little bit of a mellow out game for the Texans, because I, I don't think the Texans have a bad game. I think the Falcons kind of just rebound in this one and squeak out a close win at home where that they've they've done that so far. That's kind of been the only thing they can do. So uh I think that's what happens, but I, I again, I think it's either going to be what I predict or what you predict. I think there's there's two ways this goes. It's that the Texans yeah. shut down the Falcons' offense and win comfortably, or the Falcons manage to squeak something out. So uh, either way, I, I hope that it will be a much more entertaining game than the London game, which was just just awful. So um, maybe at least you guys can have fun if we can't. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Harley, appreciate it, guys. He's Harley Dugan at the lead underscore H-O-U for Houston. Uh, Harley, anything else you're working on? Anything you want to plug? Uh, again, just make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. It's the same thing at the lead underscore Houston. Any Texans fans out there, we accept them all from everywhere, you know, so I appreciate everyone, you know, coming on. We have the Believe in Texans podcast as well. So make sure you are tuning into the Believe in Texans podcast, uh, making sure that, you know, you get hit that download and we get it going. We are excited about our Texans. We are excited inside the city of Houston. I got my Astros shirt on right now because I love my Astros. I'm sure the Braves fans are, yeah. you know, look away, Braves fans. Top, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and maybe we maybe we meet again, and hopefully it's a different result in the World Series. So that's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's definitely heating up. The MLB takes are are, are getting out there. So I know, I know that's that's probably. That's that's definitely one of the possible matchups we could see. It would not surprise me. So, all right, guys. I'm Kevin. I have Falcoholic Kevin. Uh, thank you once again for turning tuning in to Dirty Birds and Brews. Uh, please like, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Leave us that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. We will be back on Sunday for more post-game coverage. Now at a more normal time that we're not playing in London, thankfully. 
or I don't have to feel guilty about drinking before noon. Um, so, uh, appreciate that, uh, schedule makers. And, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get a good game, a healthy game, uh, for both these teams. And we can both go into week six feeling good, at least about the future in one way or another. Uh, but guys, thanks again for tuning in. We will see you next time on Dirty Birds and Brews. Thanks again to Harley for coming on. Check out Believe in Texans. We will see you guys next time. Have a great day, folks.